Welcome to the High on Life podcast, where it's all about empowering you with the medicine and the mindset to healthfully lose weight and thrive beyond the scale. I'm your host, Dr. Sasha High. This podcast contains general educational information on weight loss and beyond. Remember that while I'm a doctor, I'm not your doctor. So be sure to seek medical support from a qualified health professional. Welcome back to the podcast. We are well into January, and I am one of those people who is excited every January because I just feel so hopeful and I have so much anticipation for what is to come, and I know it's going to be a great year. I've decided it's going to be a great year for myself, and I know it's going to be a great year for many of you listening as well. So I'm pumped. We get to decide how we want to create our lives. I hope that you listened to my episode on actually accomplishing your goals in 2023 because I truly believe that we get to create the life that we want to live, and that is so exciting. Today, I thought I'd talk about some do's and don'ts for losing weight in 2023. So my suggestions on how to approach this so that you can actually lose weight and maintain it this year instead of like doing this again every January. Before we start, I want to read a recent review. i appreciate all of the amazing five-star reviews that you've been leaving me. So this is from Glenn YYZ, who says, seek and ye shall find. If we seek to challenge our thinking, this is a podcast to help us grow. Episode 46 is packed with tips that will fuel our growth. Thank you so much, Glenn YYZ, for taking the time to review the podcast. It really helps me to reach more women and just spread this message that we can do weight loss differently and to offer hope to women who are looking for it. So thank you. So, so awesome. All right, let's jump in to the do's and don'ts for weight loss this year. My number one don't is to please stop looking for the quick fix, the detox, the like over-the-counter pill or the next fad diet. I still get asked like, what's a quick thing that I can do? I just need some early wins or I'm going to give up. Like that mindset is a problem. Okay. If we are looking to lose weight for the last time, if you want a long-term solution, then you cannot look for a short-term fix. They do not go together. We need to solve for the underlying issues, right? What have you been using food for? If you are someone who is eating more than your body needs and that's causing weight gain, then we need to figure out why you're overeating right? We have to figure out what are the root issues. You are using food to solve a problem in your life that it is not meant to solve and that we can work on. We can tackle that. But as long as we keep looking for quick fixes, you're not going to get to the root issues, right? So, you know, maybe we need to address some physiology. There's often a lot of psychology and emotional factors in there. And this is not like a blame thing at all, but this is to say, what are the real things that we need to tackle here so that we start eating an appropriate amount of food for your body so that your body can lose weight, so that we address insulin resistance, so that the weight loss starts to happen? What are the things that we need to do? And doing things that are going to be short-term interventions, hoping that the results will stick long-term just doesn't jive because we know that anything that we do that that obesity is considered a chronic and progressive and relapsing condition, right? And that's why weight regain is so common because we use things and this is not your fault. Like this is what society has conditioned us to believe that we can do these short-term diets, get your beach body by summer 
And then once you've reached maintenance, you can go back to introducing all these foods, but you've never learned how to heal your relationship with food. And so the weight all comes back on and then you think it's your fault. It's not your fault. We just haven't had the right tools. So stop looking for the quick fix. Stop looking for the fad diet. Instead, do the work to figure out where am I eating that it's actually not because of nutritional needs? Where am I mindlessly snacking? Where am I using food to celebrate in my life when I'm not actually needing food at that time? Maybe I need other ways to reward myself, right? Where am, where am I using food to mask boredom or anxiety or stress or unhappiness? Then we have to get to those root issues of like, how do we actually address those underlying emotions without masking them with food? So that's the first part of like, stop looking for the quick fix. But the second part of it is to stop doing things that you're not willing to keep doing, right? So if you're like, okay, you know what? I'm going to muster up this willpower to do this really crazy restrictive diet, but I'm only willing to do it for three months, but I'm going to do that to get to my goal weight. Please don't expect that to give you long-term results because it doesn't work that way, right? So, you know, I was coaching a client earlier today and she had this belief that in order to lose weight, she had to put her life on hold because every time in her past that she had lost weight, she had to be like what she described as like all in and essentially like weighing everything and super like counting everything. And it was taking up all this time. And she felt like I have to put my life on hold in order for this to happen. Well, that's not a sustainable way to live, right? We can't live feeling like our life is on hold. And so what we were coaching on is getting to the point where this year she could decide, this is the year I live my life and lose weight, right? They're not mutually exclusive. So how do we create the life that I'm wanting to live and lose weight at the same time? What does that look like? That looks like dropping the all or nothing, right? That looks like figuring out how can I enjoy this process, So if you are not willing to give up all carbs for the rest of time, then don't start doing a ketogenic diet because number one, it's going to probably give you you some disordered eating behaviors. (laughs) It did that for me. And number two, you may lose weight, but what's the point of losing weight only to regain it and then some, right? Like no one wants that. And I know you don't want that or you wouldn't be listening. And so let's be really realistic about our approach. So how do we find a life that you want to live, find a way of eating that you enjoy, that you can keep doing? That doesn't mean that you don't make some changes, right? So if I say that you need to be willing to keep doing it, it doesn't mean, well, I'm not like willing to make any changes. And so I, you know, I'm I'm not going to adjust my, my eating plan at all. No, it means that we work on this place of making empowered choices where we work on how you're thinking about it. So you feel empowered to make these choices, not in the mindset of I'm being deprived, I'm being punished, I hate what I'm doing, but I'm willing to just like white knuckle it for three months to lose the weight and fit into this dress, whatever that, you know, whatever that looks like, right? So how can you create the life that you're wanting, make the changes from an empowered place and lose weight? How do those, where's the happy place where all those things come together? I'm going to tell you, there is that happy place where everything comes together like that. Actually, one of the other ladies I was coaching during our coaching call today, she came in and she's like, I'm so proud of myself because I went through the holidays and I enjoyed it intentionally, right? She was more mindful. She was aware of what she was doing. She was making empowered choices. Like that is a beautiful thing to not have this oh, I'm on, it's like the holidays, so I'm going to throw it all out the window, and then January 1st, I'm back on track, right? It's like, no, 
I get to enjoy my life and live my life all year round, whether it's a Tuesday in February or it's Christmas Eve, and I'm still making empowered choices and it all works together. Okay, that was number one. Number two of my don'ts is don't be in a rush. This is a hard one. I know it is. I know it's hard because we all want to be at the destination, right? This applies to so many things in life, not just weight loss, right? I have been working on this mindset. It's one of the lessons from my last year of like not being a rush towards my goals of of impacting the world and like my lofty goals of like really helping a lot of women and being in this rush that I have to get to my target. It's like, no, we don't need to be in a rush because here's a few things that happen. Number one, if you only celebrate when you get to your goal, like if the only time you're going to celebrate yourself is when you're at the number that you've set in your mind, you're likely not going to stay at that goal for very long. Here's the problem. Okay. If you're only getting validation because the scale is going down and then you celebrate it when you get to that point and you haven't learned to celebrate the non-scale victories, you haven't learned to enjoy the journey, then you are going to stop doing the things that are necessary because you're no longer getting the validation of the scale going down. Now it's like, oh, I don't get that win every day when I stand on the scale and it's going down. It's like, now it's just staying the same. And that doesn't like give me any validation of, of like my reward. And so you stop doing those things and you gain the weight back, right? This is why we like one of the reasons why we know that maintenance is way harder than weight loss for so many people. You don't get that reward anymore. So you need to find other things to celebrate. You need to celebrate the process, the version of you who gets up and goes for that walk in the morning before work, the version of you who packs her lunch the night before so she's not scrambling and in a rush at lunchtime and going to the drive through. You need to celebrate the process more than the outcome. The outcome is fun. It's fun if you get to your goal number. That's awesome. But you have to learn to celebrate the process more so because that's what's going to keep you going long term. The second aspect of being in a rush is that you create this like rush energy that makes you do unsustainable things. So the emotion of being in a rush makes you do the fad diets. It makes you do the quick fixes, right? Because the faster you can get there, the better you're going to feel about yourself. And that's going to make you do the unsustainable things. So you don't want to be in that rush energy. And then the third aspect is the arrival fallacy. So the arrival fallacy is this idea that when you reach your goal, you will experience everlasting happiness and all will be well in the world right? (laughs) This is very common. Once I reach my target number on the scale, I will love myself. I will be like ultimately confident and I will, you know, go out there and put myself out in the world and I'll date and I'll find that job that I really want and everyone will love me, right? Like that is the arrival fallacy. We think that that number is going to create everything else right in the world. And that is just not true. Because if you have a brain, like every human brain, that is kind of biased and conditioned to tell you you're inadequate, you're not good enough, you're not pretty enough, you're not smart enough, you're failing in life, that talk, that self-narrative doesn't go away just because the scale reaches a certain number. So this is where we have to learn that it is in the process of doing that we celebrate ourselves. It is right now that I love myself. and you know, lose weight from there. This is where we learn the process of managing our mind, of renewing our mind, of reframing those unhelpful thoughts, of catching them and deciding what do I want to think on purpose, right? There are many thin people in the world who also 
don't like themselves, right? There are many thin people in the world who are unhappy. Achieving a number on the scale does not equate to happiness. So just be aware of that if you are feeling like in your, you're in a rush and you are believing that when you reach a certain number, you can finally be happy. Doesn't work like that. Okay. Number three is do weight loss kindly this year, right? Ties together with the last one that I just said. Don't, the scale does not equate to your worth. So you are not losing weight in order to gain worth or in order to be more valuable. You are lovable. You are loved. You are worthy exactly as you are. And if you choose to lose weight, do it because you love yourself enough that you want to improve your health or your function, or maybe your weight is holding you back from physically doing something you want to do, then lose weight because you love yourself. But your worth does not increase just because the scale goes down. And this is a tough one because in part, this is internalized bias, right? That you may have some beliefs about that. And in part, I will acknowledge that we live in a world that has thin privilege, right? We know that there is still a lot of weight stigma. And so that can cause people to want to lose weight in order to gain validation from those around them. But here's what I'm going to say is that people are going to judge. As long as we are human beings, there are going to be people who judge on many different things. People will judge because you're too thin. People will judge because you're you're overweight. People will judge because you're too old, because you're too young, because you have too much money. You don't have enough money, right? Like people are always going to judge. So we can't control the responses of other people. The only thing we can control is our own validation of ourselves. Am I going to have my own back? Are you going to have your own back no matter what? Okay, so you get to decide how do you want to approach your relationship with yourself and acknowledge your own, like, you are loved. You are lovable. Start from that place. And this is hard work. I'm not going to pretend this is easy work. It's a challenge for many of us, myself included. And if you want to lose weight, do it from that place, not to achieve that. Part B of doing it kindly is to not beat yourself up when you have setbacks. I say this all, I feel like I'm just echoing what I say all the time, but setbacks are part of the process. It is normal that you're going to have a day where the scale is going to go up. It's normal that you're going to have a day where you like eat all the things and you have a binge. It is normal that you're going to see a photograph of yourself and not like it. These are all really, really common setbacks that can happen and your response to them is what you need to learn to manage. So when you have your own back and you have a setback, you learn that that's an opportunity to just keep going. That one setback does not mean failure. It doesn't mean a reason to to stop doing what you're doing. It just means this is a part of the process and it's normal and it's never going to be a straight line. It's going to be like up and down and all over the place. But the only way, I've said this before, the only way that you fail is when you quit. And that's part three of doing it kindly is don't quit at the first obstacle. Doing it kindly means loving yourself enough that if you encounter some setbacks, you take a look at it really objectively, not emotionally, not in a, I'm such a failure way, but like, okay, this is what happened. What can I learn from this? What can I do differently next time? And then I just keep going, right? Maybe something, maybe I need more support. Maybe I need to reach out to my doctor. Maybe I need to, you know, have a community around me. Maybe I need to try a slightly different approach. Maybe I need to tweak my eating plan. Like there are so many possible solutions to countering obstacles, 
But when you're beating yourself up or you're quitting, you're not looking for those solutions. You're just in, like entwined in this story of failure. Okay, So don't quit. That's part of doing it kindly. The last point is number four. Don't keep doing the same thing expecting a different result. You've done the counting calories. You've done the counting points. You've done the severe restriction, right? Whatever you've done in your past, don't keep doing that expecting that somehow this time it's going to stick. That may work a few times, right? You may lose weight, but we all know that that doesn't keep the weight off doing it like that. And after a while, it actually stops working. I know so many women who are like, as they get older, they get closer to the menopause. They're like, okay, the things that I used to do are no longer working. And there's like a number of reasons for that. There's the idea of like metabolic inflexibility and insulin resistance that happens. There's our lowering metabolic rate. But over time, the severe caloric restriction is a plan that backfires. So maybe instead, this is the year that you speak with your doctor. And if your doctor isn't supportive, you request a referral to an obesity specialist. Maybe this is the year you look into weight loss coaching. You finally get to the root of what the underlying issues are that are causing you to overeat. Maybe this is the year that you decide you're going to do it slowly. You're going to work on one thing at a time. You're not going to freak out and quit if you haven't lost 10 pounds in the first month. The client that I mentioned earlier when I was coaching her, she decided this is the year she's going to live her life and allow 80% to be good enough, right? It doesn't have to be perfect. You don't have to weigh every single thing that you eat. You know, that's what the gym bros tell you. Like, get a food scale and weigh every ounce and count every calorie. What woman in the world has time for that? I wouldn't do that. I do not have time for that. I'm not going to recommend that to you or any of my clients, right? I think the only place that that has value is if it's your full-time job to have a six-pack. But for everyone else, weighing food, in my opinion, is not a realistic long-term solution. But what is doable is becoming aware of when I'm bored and I'm eating, when I'm stressed and I'm eating, returning to alcohol, and learning how to process and regulate my emotions, right? Okay, so what if you decided that this year you're going to approach weight loss differently? You're not going to keep looking for the quick fix, the detox or the fad diet. You're not going to be in a rush. You're going to do it kindly. And then you're not going to keep doing the same thing, expecting a different result. Imagine if you could lose weight while enjoying your life. Imagine if you could feel empowered in weight loss instead of feeling punished and deprived. I know it's possible. It is possible because I've seen so many of my clients and it's possible for you. I just want to close by offering that if you do want to do weight loss differently this year, where you solve the root issues once and for all, I want you to join Best Weight. Our January cohort is now closed for enrollment, but I'm so excited to say that we can offer you enrollment in February and we have the waitlist open for March. These spots fill up quickly. So grab your spot, www.sashahimd.com. I'm looking forward to helping you lose weight for good this year. All right. And for everyone else, whether you're my clients or you're my pre-clients, I want you to think about how are you going to do weight loss differently this year so that you leave empowered and you feel hopeful that this is something that you can stick with and you can do in the long term. All right. I'll see you again next week. Bye. Thanks for joining me today. If you enjoyed listening to the High on Life podcast, please take a moment to subscribe, share, and review it on Apple Podcasts.